Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-of-the-box points of view. Is Jorginho actually good? He's a surprise contender for the Ballon d'Or this year. I mean, not even the most blinkered Chelsea fan would pretend they saw this coming 12 months ago. But it got us thinking. Is Jorginho genuinely great or simply the beneficiary of a great system? And are we going to be seeing a rise in system players as football becomes increasingly more tactical? I'm your host, Harry Brent. One player has played in the Champions League final over three decades. Name that player. Maldini? No. Okay. I think this person has potentially played or appeared in five in total. So three decades. Three decades, yeah. Thirty years. Yeah. Who won it? Who won it last year? It was it was Bayern, wasn't it? Yeah. Um I think he's one of the only players oh, to Oh go uh, gig gigs it. Yeah. No. Oh he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, well done. done. Fair play. Well done. Yeah, because he was well he was ninety nine, he was yeah. two thousand eight, and then he was um twenty eleven. But, but but what was the... He, did, he was in five, was he? I think he's been in five in total. I'm not sure. Because they lost... Oh, 2009 is what? Maybe maybe four. I don't know. Yeah. 99, yeah. they lost to... They, uh, rather, they beat Bayern. And then he was... 2008, he, he played against beat Chelsea. 2009, they lost to Barca. 2011, they lost to Barca. And then my second teaser, which is quite appropriate for our first topic, is... Who is the most capped captain... In the Premier League, and those cats, cats, in. so played X, Y, Z amount of games, but wearing with, with, with the captaincy. So, so they don't have to have won the Premier League. Uh, just no. Who has the highest who percentage has, of being a captain yeah. in their playing career? Yeah. yeah. Oh, who was like kind of the long-standing? So like Gareth Barry. Yeah, not he. I don't remember. Gareth Barry's got the most appearances, yeah. but he's not a captain. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's Terry. Been a captain. I don't think it's Terry, but Terry will be up there. If I tell you this player retired in 2002. Oh, Tony so Adams. Just as, yeah. 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 Well, well, a, so, so who was, do you know? 14 years he was captain for. Oh my God. Do you know if he um, was the, um, like, who was directly below him or do you just know that it was Tony Adams? I don't know who's directly below him, but I know the number one person is Totty. 19 years. Wow, yeah. So he must have got it when he was really young then. Or, yeah. yeah. I think Tony Adams got the captaincy at the age of 21. Oh. So Sky Sports recently ran a poll on their Twitter asking fans who they thought the greatest Premier League captain of all time was. So we thought we'd open the question to ourselves and give it a go and go through some of the contenders. Uh, apologies for the slightly suspect transition, but uh, let's give it a go. Well, I know a good place to start. So, I mean, Dave, obviously you're an Arsenal fan and you you weren't, you know, you were too young for the Tony Adams years, mm-hmm. um, but you were obviously there for the Patrick Vieira days. Maybe not, be, it might not be the easiest question for you to, to answer, but like who, who in the kind of Arsenal world, who is considered to be the more sort of, you know, the Arsenal captain? Is it Adams or is it, or is it Vieira? I don't know, because they were... <sighs> Like you said, the two very different eras. I feel like Tony Adams is more associated with the, like the George Graham era, um, mm. and that sort of one 0 to the Arsenal, solid defence, um, no nonsense. And I feel, in a weird way, I feel like Vieira is a personified that. But I think he had the technical ability that came with the Wenger era. Yeah. Um, kind of swashbuckling. Yeah. So he had fluid style. Exactly, exactly. So um, I, I think it just depends on which generation. So for me, it'll be Vieira. I'm sure for like the slightly older generation, it'll be Tony Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I think I think Vieira was great because I think, like I said, he really personified that Wenger ball. So he wanted athletic, physical players that he could teach sort of the technical aspect of football to. And I think he really managed to do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like Vieira almost sold, I mean, all of them did, but as like a father figure, the Vieira, that Wenger really took Vieira under his wing and then just showed him 
the sort of technical ability, the intelligence and the sort of philosophy of football and how it can be like seen as the beautiful game. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so for me, it would be Vieira. But Tony Adams was incredible. I think every Arsenal fan will probably <laughs> cut off an arm just to have someone like Tony Adams in this team because it's our team's too soft-minded. It's too Three weak. Exactly. We need someone who's strong, who's, who's a leader, who's going to tell people what to do. Everyone's too sort of seems a bit too soft and a bit too nice. You know how, like... Snowflakes. Yeah. Yeah, no racial slur. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think they have people like Roy Keane who said it, that why are they shaking hands? But, like, you know, you used to see Roy Keane and Vieira like, fighting in the tunnel um, and everything. So, I maybe don't want it that much, but I do miss that this is football. This is, like our lives, where's that passion gone, where's that fire gone? Um, it, it's a particular talking point for Arsenal, isn't it? Because, I mean, almost since Vieira left, that, <laughs> that's been missing from your team. Yeah. You know, there have been a couple of players who've come in and, and, and sort of, uh, you know, promised a lot and sort of appeared to be captain figures, but it hasn't, you know, you've not really had, since the kind of mid-noughties, you've never really got that. I think. And, and yeah, Adams, Adams is interesting because he's the, you know, when in England, when we think of a captain, like mm. you you have the, the Tony Adams figure, just kind of like you know, physical, brave, yeah. leading the charge. You know, yeah. all flag flag waving and all that sort of stuff. So, um, proper Brexit football. Um, <laughs> uh, no, and um, <laughs> but it's interesting because they both they both won the same amount of, if I'm not mistaken, the same mm. amount of Premier League titles too. Which is mad, yeah, yeah. I feel they just, like I said, I feel they just both personified their managers and mm. the type of football that they wanted. So I think that's a huge criteria. I don't know for you guys, but for me, that a manager, that um, a captain who sort of the manager on the pitch and he personifies the philosophy, the ideal, and everyone follows him. All the other players follow him on the pitch. Mm. And then speaking of, I mean, speaking of Vieira, we'll go on to his big rival. Obviously, Roy Keane is the is one that everyone will think of. Um, yeah. I mean, is there, before we, we talk about Roy Keane, is there anyone else from Man United that you guys would consider? I mean, obviously, I, I think he's probably the standout, but, is, you know, I mean, Vidic mm. yeah. was, was a captain for a while. Yeah, had, yeah. Had, yeah. Had the yeah. Band. Schmeichel, I think, had it for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Neville. <laughs> I don't know if he could be considered a great captain, but, um, but I mean, That's it's, it's, yeah. it's, um, <laughs> And yeah, I mean, Keane is Keane is an interesting one, isn't he? Because obviously, I mean, we when we when we did the the top five centre midfielders in the Premier League of you know since the year two thousand, whenever how long ago that was, um, I think he gets. We talked about him getting typecasted into a sort of well, he was just he was just a kind of amazing leader, but actually wasn't. As good, like as it was a big. It was just a, a presence and a bully on the pitch. Which, mm. you know, if that's your front man, you don't really want to mess mm. mess around with him. You want to be <laughs> you want to be on his side, not against him. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of fact, like that kind of fear fact, kind of works alongside mm. with Ferguson and his kind of persona on the touchline as well. Yeah. Like as, as Dave said, it, it, with Vieira and Adams, completely mm. personified the coach, didn't he? Yeah, um, absolutely. And um, and yeah, I mean, he is that. I don't probably, you know, the, we won't get that sort of captain ever. You know, well, I won't say ever again, but for a long time, because yeah. I don't really think it's sort of completely ruthlessly no. horrible in in a in a in the <laughs> nicest way yeah. style is ever going to be. Well, he's not going to be acceptable anymore. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, it's 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 a sort of it's interesting to look to look back on him. But he, I mean, he always gets. Go on, sorry. I was going to say, do you think Keane could be a captain in this day and age? And if he was, do you think he would be considered a great captain in this day and age? I I think he wouldn't be able to be the the type of person he was. Mm. I don't think I don't. I'm not saying he'd be run out of the club or anything like that. But I think yeah. he would. He would. He would obviously have realised. I mean, it just look at the way his kind of man because he, he you get the impression when his managerial career came around, he kind of used the same tactic and the way that yeah. the way that he kind of get up players' asses and you know get on their backs and stuff. 
um, and it sort of didn't work that well. Mm. And I'm sure he would have. I'm sure there's 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 a place for that. He probably would have just have to fine tune it and be a bit more sensitive to people. If you know, do you think he could? Because he seems like that's all he knows, whether rightly or wrongly. He's all he knows is that ruthless, direct. This is this. That is that. Sort of black and white. Yeah, I guess he's been in quite a lot during punditry. <laughs> yeah, he's still, he's, he's still, you know, yeah, he's he's still a bit of a savage, but no one near as yeah, 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 he's so, mellowed out. He's definitely yeah, mellowed yeah, out. Yeah, you true. you wonder if let's say maybe he was just a man of his time. So maybe if he if yeah. he grew up now, if he was if he was born in nineteen ninety five, say he pro- he might not have the the sort of you know, I mean, no, he's, yeah, he's born on the mean streets of of Cork, so he's he's probably going to always be a bit rough and tumble. Yeah. But I wonder That's whether. True. Growing up in it as a as a sort of what what are we Gen Gen Z millennials what are we uh, he might be a bit um, he might sort of be a bit less spiky and mm. and horrid but yeah but I mean, I, it's a good a good leader can adapt to his to the yeah. people yeah. well this is the thing like we've mentioned two two captains that have only really <clears throat> known one way during like managerial stuff obviously Vieira. Had a you know his tail end of his career, he wasn't necessarily a captain, but he, he played a couple uh, for a couple of clubs. But mm. do you think that because of they're only good captains because they were reciprocating what the managers were saying, but then they've only experienced that one manager in comparison to like let's say mm. Vincent Company, who's had and John Terry, who have both had. A variety of managers. Could you not say that they're better captains because of the variety that they've had, um, and the more that they've been more adaptable? Funny enough, this sort of links into the topic we're going to come on to later, but in a in a weird way. But yeah, good good question. I don't know what you think, Dave. Um, I think I know it's a good question. I don't know. I think it's hard because I think they are such distinct characters i think they're very strong men both physically mentally Mm. i think they're very direct they're not afraid to speak up and i think the question i think well a better question is would they be captains if another manager came in and i think the answer would be yes Mm. just because of what you said because they are so such strong characters i don't think just with it being being strong characters does that you know, that's not necessarily meaning that they are adaptable. I think it's not that, I think people listen to them. I think they're the big voices in the dressing room. And I think as a manager, you would absolutely want them on your side. It's what you said about yeah. Roy Keane. Yeah. So you would almost have them just to, to have your back and to back your corner. And I think they're people who are great communicators as well. And obviously they may be communicating a certain way. But I would, I would absolutely say that I think they are great captains and anyone would want them as a captain, regardless of the manager, because they're not only great players, they're great personalities who can communicate, who can lead and who can inspire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, that's, that's my answer. I would definitely say, yeah, they would be. Yeah, great question. You don't find many managers who come in and switch the captains around and then if they do, yeah. they get... I mean, if many, any football manager player yeah. will know, that's a suicidal move. You get yeah. players requesting to leave and all sorts. So um, I think it's, it's extremely ballsy for you to come in and be like, Roy Keane, Patrick Vieira, sorry, you're not my captains. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, again, it maybe it comes more into, you know, if, if Roy Keane was, was, was playing now. But I wonder, maybe, you know, let's say if someone came in and was just like, look, I, I really think your attitude is... Is not the kind of club we want to be, and not necessarily get rid of him, but kind of just go like, "Look, I'm gonna, you know, I, I I want you to do less of that, you know, less less ruthless kind of stuff." It'd be interesting to see how Keane would react, or and you know, and and sort of respond in terms of in terms of his, you know, how he plays and and how he is. Um, Who do but, you think? Uh, go on, go on, Hans. Were you about no, to say no, something? No. I was going to say, who with our respective clubs, so obviously City, Arsenal, Chelsea, which of the three players, let's say John Terry, I mean, we've obviously got so many more um, captains to talk about, 
but John Terry, Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira, which do you think our current managers would choose as their captains? Uh, you mean Vincent Company for Josh? Yeah, <laughs> aside. <laughs> um, so the three that I named, yeah. So, so what's what's the question? Sorry. That... So it's basically our so our three managers, obviously Pep, Arteta, Tuchel. Given the choice between John Terry, Patrick Vieira, and Roy Keane, which one of our managers oh, would choose for their captains? And are we are we taking into sorry to unnecessarily layer this question? Are we taking into account who like? who they are as a player in terms of position and what the team needs or are we purely just focusing on I think on just that? purely if we, we just yeah with it just being yeah just leadership policies Ooh Um Cool but I mean good question I think Pep would go for Terry because at the Ooh. I think he'd like to have Vieira but I feel like Yaya Torre for City was a little bit similar in some way, not completely similar, but I feel like mm. he just, he's not really, I don't think he'd, he'd bow down to what Pep would like. I feel like Terry would be more mouldable. Because I don't know, maybe, yeah, I, I, out of the two, I just couldn't see Pep uh, uh, backing down, Vieira backing down, or Keane backing down, whereas I could see potentially Terry backing down for the better of the team. Yeah, I, I've, I've got, I reckon, I've, I don't mean to seem like I'm intentionally sitting on the fence here, but I reckon Pep would choose, I agree, Pep would choose Terry. I think Arteta would choose wow. Vieira and I think Tuchel would choose Keane. Ooh, how cool. Was... I, I agree with what, with what Rose said and I just think, you know, Guardiola likes that if there's one place he's going to have Warriors, it will be at the back, you know. Yeah. Um, I think Arteta would probably relate more to Vieira's kind of, you know, I say technical style. Terry was unbelievably technical and Roy gets more credit. But 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 I just I just feel as if that less sort of barking. Vieira wasn't a barker. He didn't bark orders. Mm. I think that would probably suit oh, Arteta. Like, led by example on the yeah. pitch. Yeah. Um, not that Vieira didn't bark orders, but you know. What yeah. I mean. Uh, and then Tuchel, I just think like Tuchel's very fierce on the touchline and very kind of demanding of positionally. Yeah, reminds me of Klopp a bit. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I, and agree. I just think that maybe Keane would suit. I mean, look, they all suit every, all of them. But, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, for the sake of the question, yeah, I think probably probably Keane would suit that kind of like I don't accept anything less than hundred percent. If you give me ninety nine percent, you're getting a bollocking. <laughs> yeah, um, a good shout. Yeah. Um, do, do we consider um, in terms of the you know considering the greatest Premier League captain do we consider someone who hasn't won the Premier League at all i.e. Yeah. Steven Gerrard does he get because because when we were having this conversation about the, the top five I mean somewhat I can't remember who it was it may have been Ash and I, I think it was Ash yeah he was sort of saying because he hasn't won the Prem I can't put him in there which personally I didn't agree with but in terms of captains like you know he's obviously he had a couple of you know, stabs at, at, at title races and, and you know, obviously came short. What, what do, Is he up there, though? I'd say so, definitely. Because you think about it, to be a captain in the scene for so long and, you know, he's Liverpool through and through. Yeah. He's not been gifted, let's say, with... Um, with a team which complements, <laughs> you know, the... the the way in which the club wants to be, you know, or aim, mm. aim towards. Yeah, they had Suarez and Torres and obviously Carragher. They didn't have a solid, solid team. And he, I think his job was to basically keep the team ticking and, you know, at least compete for, like, European yeah. slots. Like, imagine Gerard in this current Liverpool team. Oh, yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be perfect, wouldn't it? It's, it, it's weird, isn't it? Because the, the, I always feel like centre cent- mid... The, Notion of a centre midfielder has completely mm. been re- not reinvented, but like when we you know back in our day when we were growing up, it was like you'd had to, you'd have a centre mid and you have these players like Lampard, like mm. Gerard, like who would kind of do a bit of everything and could yeah. play in a variety of positions. But now it's very specific. You know, a Jordan Henderson midfielder is very different from a 
you know, Thomas Party midfielder is very different from a, um, you know, Cesc Fabregas midfielder. But they're all centre mids, but they yeah. all have really different. And yeah, I agree. Like Ger- you think Gerald would be would be perfect, but I guess it's just it's just completely, you know, it's more specific now. Maybe um, yeah. can't remember why that was relevant. Why I brought that up. Um, <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. For me, definitely, he's definitely up there. Like I say, the fact, I, want, I think the fact that he's he's helped carry the team basically. Yeah, I wonder what we'd think of Gerard had he moved not. I mean, to Chelsea or, or you know when when he did or you know some somewhere else like um, yeah United or Real Madrid or Inter Milan or wherever. And it, and if if he'd have said if it, you know how he would have looked back on him as a because he wasn't like like um, Terry and Keane and. He he wasn't a he, it wasn't like a, a barking orders kind of captain. He I mean he did do that, but he was he was a kind of lead by example. I'm mm. better than all of you. Just 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 yeah. give me the ball, do what I say. Kind of kind of captain. Yeah. A bit like kind of ha- like he's more vocal than Harry Kane, but similar yeah. in that sense to Harry Kane. Um, I wonder if he'd have gone to somewhere like Chelsea where he wouldn't have been the captain and he wouldn't have been that kind of standout. I just I'm not saying we wouldn't we would think less of him, but I'm saying I wonder how we'd look back on him as in terms of his leadership, whether we would think of him as this great leader or whether we'd think of him as a you know, just a kind of because he's quite a quiet geezer, isn't he? whether we think of him more like Kevin De Bruyne, who, who I'm not saying isn't isn't a big leader, but we don't necessarily think him of as, as like a cat kind of captain uh guy figure. Yeah. Uh, even though, even though he he obviously does have that sort of influence, but you know what I mean. He's. You know, I wonder whether it would have changed. Yeah, because I think you're right. I mean, he obviously did talk and everything and communicate, but I think yeah, I think you're right. He's a bit like, I'm just gonna set the tone, so I'm gonna make this crazy line breaking pass. I'm gonna score a goal from thirty yards out. He's. It's like everything he touched turned to gold, and it was just. Insane, and yeah. you're right. Like Kevin De Bruyne as well does the same way. He doesn't. He's not like barking always saying, "You go there, you go there." He's like, "Give me the ball, and I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna create something special. I'm gonna score a win." Yeah. Sets the expectations. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, probably giving it away. I think he's my greatest captain, but I don't know. I don't know whether that's Maybe. because of Gerard. I don't know why. If that's because of his leadership qualities or his just ability and the way he carried himself on the pitch. Interesting. Um, I just couldn't imagine any all the current managers now or past managers. I couldn't imagine any of them not saying you're my captain. But you would think of you think of him as is more sort of vital for a, a like. So, so let's say, for example, if like Arsenal, who lacked, had a big hole in in terms of leadership once Vieira and then particularly Henri left, and then there was yeah. a bit of a. I know Fabregas and Van Persie, kind of, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Who yeah. in that time would you have would you have preferred to come in in, in order to kind of get that back for Arsenal? Would it have been Terry or Gerrard or Keane or like who do you think would have filled that gap the best or you know company? Do you know because I think it's it's what sort of what we're lacking on the pitch, but. I don't know because again, maybe I'm. I see a leader as someone who leads by example. So I, I do value a vocal captain who says who pulls people into place and does everything. But I just want someone who's going to be just incredible and just score and just elevate the whole team. Because I think a leader can tell people what to do, but that doesn't necessarily mean they elevate the team. Yeah, that, so, that, that, Gerard has, I guess he has that over, over the other ones that we've mentioned in the yeah. sense that, I mean, maybe just because he's the one attacking, quote, midfielder in, in, the, yeah. in the bunch, but he, he could, he, he was a leader, he could do all those things, but he could also win a game on, on his yeah. own. And because of the Liverpool team that he played in, he frequently, you know, he often did, whereas the others had, you know, Vieira had Henri and Perez and, mm. and, and people to do it, and Terry had Lampard and Drogba to do it. Like, Gerard didn't have that option, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I'd still go for Gerald. I think he would, I don't know, it feels like he can just make everyone look good and just, it makes like, he makes everyone look, just look incredible. He brings everyone to his level. Maybe that's because he, he scores a goal and that gets everyone's sort of morale up and we're like, we're amazing. But I don't, I don't want someone who can bark orders, but everyone still plays the same or there's still this flat vibe. <laughs> I want someone who, 
elevates us to the next level and doesn't accept anything less than 100%. So whether it's a hybrid of the two, I'm not too sure, but gun to my head, I probably would go for Gerard. Would you not potentially say that the reason why Gerard spoke so much as a captain in that sense was because the, you know, creates, well, the, the ability in the around him wasn't as good, so he basically <laughs> he, like he, yeah he stuck out more I mean he was phenomenal with uh, yeah not no discredit yeah, to him but yeah. even like, more so yeah if, if, if you put him in a prime Chelsea team would he still shine through as much he would, he would be so I mean it's mad even thinking about that and obviously that's what you were alluding to as well as Larry um I, yeah, I think he. I think he would. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he wouldn't feel like he naturally needed to take that responsibility. Mm. Maybe it, it was a case of yeah. okay, I'll just focus on scoring goals or assisting. But yeah, he he was just so good. He was. I think he's so good, and he was so good. It's an interesting question to sort of go because often when we see a, a really good player in a not so good team, and you think like he's standing yeah. out in that team, like that's. Good, but then and on the flip side, you could, as Rose alluded to, like you can argue, well, to stand out in a in a, in a team with suit with like loads of superstars is even is possibly even yeah. better because because you you know like, I mean Mares is a good example. Like obviously when he was at Leicester, like you know just was obviously oh my god this guy is really really good, and then goes to City, and I know he's had a good last sort of season and a half or two seasons, but. You know, it's harder to stand out when there's so many of those sorts of, mm. sorts of players. I, I don't know. There's not necessarily a right answer to that, but it's just an interesting thing. I just want to get your take on it. So yeah. Who do you guys think is a better captain, Kane or Gerard? Oh, Gerard. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I think mm. Kane is. Is I think he's. He's, you know. He's kind of he he has the same role Gerard has it in Liverpool, but a few. I just I feel like he's rather. He, I don't really feel like he's. I mean, he's not even Tottenham captain. I don't really feel like he's that sort of leader that you know is gonna. He, he's a lead by example kind of guy, but I think he's, he's quite sort of, you know, within himself on the pitch. And yeah, I think he's a bit too reserved. It's, it, I did find it funny that. Obviously, you guys know I don't like Jordan Henderson, but I, um, the, there were serious people on, on the internet after Liverpool won the league sort of suggesting that, well, that's Jordan Henderson is a better captain than Gerard. It's sorted because, you know, wow. I mean, there was, you know, I'm sure it was only a small amount of people, but that, you know, it was enough <laughs> to make me go, people are mad, aren't they? <laughs> um, so, the, I mean, I was looking at, looking at the briefly at the stats the, mo- the the captain with the most Premier League wins is, is Terry with five although one of those he, d- he didn't even play so I don't know if you can count it but the, say his joint second with Keane is, is company and you yeah. sort of don't when you think of like the, the cap, like don't get me wrong company is definitely up there in terms of yeah, like yeah. captains but when you think of like new winning a load it almost I don't really feel like company was around for the same amount of time Terry yeah. and Keane were but yeah he's up there hmm um, but all right, we'll 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 push we'll push one out. So we've got so Dave's gone for Gerard. Yeah. Uh, Ro, have you have you settled on a? Uh, I think for me personally, it'd have to be Terry. Because growing up as a, you know quite a defensive player, <laughs> like a Chelsea fan. <laughs> and, um, I, just, I just obviously with the whole. Um, lead by example kind of theme continuing with that he was a person that you could just he'd put his body on the line more often than not the one thing that that absolutely sold it to me was when he was already on the floor after making a tackle and then the balls being shot and he just kind of missiles himself along the fish, the the fish dive yeah the fish against, dive. against Slovenia in the world yeah Cup. just yeah. you know you, I mean, it's just that kind of dedication, that commitment of like, mm, I need to defend, die, yeah, yeah, do or die. Yeah. It, it, it's, it means that much to him that he's putting that much effort in. Mm. And, you know, leading by example, again, I thought that he was a very good advocate for that from a very defensive point of view, um, which, you know, I, 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 I like. Do you, I mean, the Terry, and this is probably a bit petty, but... Do you think that you could be a great captain but still be morally ambiguous? How dare you? 
You still be a good captain, but sleep with everyone's wives. If anything, that's the sound of a great captain. He got away with it. And obviously, the two aren't necessarily mutual excuses, but I just think it's that someone that you can trust. And I think trust is a massive thing, not just in football, in life in general. And to bring that onto the pitch, because that's, I think that's the one thing that tarnishes his captaincy kind of legacy. It's like, He's left Aston Villa recently, hasn't he? And I looked yeah. at the post and all the comments were saying, whose wife has just slept with me? Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to follow him for the rest of the life. But that, it really, that was really tarnished his, like, his ability. You wonder if, if, without, let's say, he never did any of that and he just, mm-hmm. you know, he stayed faithful and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I know he, that wasn't all it was. He was sort of a slightly dislikable figure anyway but but let's just say that none of that happened i, I wonder how we'd look back on him and and like it, none of the yeah, racism yeah. stuff happened and he was england captain for a decade mm-hmm. whether we'd look back on it back on him in a kind of tony adams fashion of like yeah like this cult here like, yeah you got to think of it look at Keane. you know there might have been obviously we we didn't watch that much um you know growing up he was like the tail end of his career really but you know, I'm pretty sure he's got away with murder with a lot of things. Just, <laughs> well, this you know, is swept this, under the rug now because enough time's passed. I mean, he, he ended Erling Haaland's dad's career, so um, I, I, this is one of the like because I was I'm I was kind of torn. I, I'm torn between Keane and Terry on this question, and um, yeah. but and, and I, I, I'm glad you guys brought up you know moral ambiguity because because I was sort of thinking about because obviously Terry has the, the off-field stuff. But then I, I kind of, as much as I really, really think that in terms of the person for the team, Keane was absolutely the perfect captain. I didn't, yeah. I, don't li- I didn't like him. I didn't like any of the, I didn't like his antics. I don't agree with his <laughs> philosophy on football. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree with do, any, do whatever you can to win. I mean, I, I think I would have to star that with, you know, within the rules, but he wouldn't yeah. agree with that. So... As biased as it may seem, I'm probably gonna gonna sneak with Terry. But look, yeah. they're all yeah. they're all great, aren't they? They're all great. They're, <laughs> they're all, all good great. players. Awful human beings, but great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean John, John Terry. Even like I said, even though I brought that up, there's no sort of I was gonna say questioning. There's no question in his commitment, but maybe not in marital <laughs> affairs. But yeah, in regards to on the pitch, he was he was an incredible player who would die and who just had absolute passion for his team and for the fans as well. And again, as an Arsenal fan or any fan would want that from their player. So mad respect to him in that sense. And yeah, he he would be he had, he was an incredible, credible captain. So. Yeah, he had he had the fish dive, he had that kick from Abu Dhabi in the League Cup yeah. final, like all that kind of like, you know, kind of traditional just throwing yourself on the grenade sort of bloke. But, but I was gonna ask um Josh, in because in two thousand and nine, Man City made a big push for Terry. They tried to sign him. Mm. And there was a point I remember in the summer that it looked like he might actually go. Mm. Um I wonder what what would have happened with company? Because I think you'd sign company, but obviously ah. you'd sign him as like a defensive mid at the time. Yeah. I just back, wonder whether... I mean, in, in all, they probably would have just played together at the back, but I wonder yeah. whether that would have changed it because I presume Terry would have just become your captain immediately and company wouldn't yeah. have yeah. had to take on that role. I wonder how that would have changed it. Maybe company oh, would have never become the player. Company would have just been learning from Terry first. Yeah. Oh, right. but, but, if, but if he's A, not leading and, and B... Probably, I mean, I don't know, but maybe he would have stayed as a defensive midfield, like they, you know, they bought him from Hamburg. As I wonder, uh, what a partnership that would have been, though. Terry and Company, yeah. no, no one would be getting past that. Because I still think you can, you can, he could be obviously, I guess, like a secondary leader. I think vice captain. Yeah. I don't think it would have been. De- it's an interesting question, but I don't think it would have been detrimental. If anything, it would have helped him because having a born leader next to you. A, an ex- excellent defender would have just aided his performance. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I still think that would have been the end goal for right. Company's going to be our captain in like five years' time or whatever, and he's going to be our number one centre. That yeah, he yeah. definitely would have. He would have aided. Yeah, no, good question though. He would have um, obviously this. He would have had more of a brief stint as a captain mm. because of might have taken slightly longer. Yeah. Because yeah, obviously, depending on how how long Terry was there mm. for, whereas obviously he just he naturally became that captain. Yeah. Mm. 
So we're going to have a conversation that we haven't exactly figured out the, the sort of title for, but essentially it revolves around system players. Now, Dave, explain to me what a system player is, if you can. <laughs> so a system player is a player who has certain attributes, traits that suit a distinct um, system or formation or tactic. Or manager. Or manager, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're just trying to work out, like, you know, uh, like, because it feels like system players, as you put it there, are on the rise. And we're trying to work out, like, what the best, I guess, what the best kind of player to have is. Is it better to have system players or is it better to have players who are a bit more versatile? And we cited before we started recording, like, Jorginho kind of encompasses the whole, or encapsulates the, the whole system player idea. Um, so you, so and obviously we've talked with Jorginho is getting touted for the Ballon d'Or. I mean, obviously Chelsea won the Champions League and and um, Italy won the Euros. But you know, it, it's it would seem mad, actually mad, twelve months ago if you were to say Jorginho is like one of the favourites for the Ballon d'Or. So like, I yeah, I was because obviously the the modern one is Jorginho. The it would be interesting to see what you guys think. But this is something I thought because. These are two players that are obviously two of the greatest players of all time, and I would never want to suggest that they're only successes of their circumstances. But I actually think that two of the biggest system players of all time are Xavi and Iniesta. And I only say that not because I'm like I'm not one of these conspiracy artists who's like if they went to you know. Sorry, I don't know why he's he's from up north. I didn't mean that. Um, (laughs) But I'm not like like the people who say Messi couldn't perform without Javi and Iniesta. I'm not not suggesting that. I'm purely going off the basis that certainly Javi, less so Iniesta, but certainly Javi pre-Guardiola was not considered to be the absolute fantastic, you know, brilliant once-in-a-generation midfielder that he, that he then became. I'm not saying that nobody rated him, but he was a kind of, you know, very, you know, good good player for Barca. I mean, he didn't, he didn't start the 2006 Champions League final. And how mad does that sound? Like, he would have started every big game for them in, you know, in the, in the ticky-tacky era. And, and I'm not, and obviously I think the Xavi's qualities and, and you know, also Iniesta's qualities were obviously known, but I think the you know the fact that obviously Pep Guardiola, Guardiola revolutionised not only the way Barcelona played but generally the way football played and obviously the way Spain played, they then spent the next their entire careers basically playing the football that suited them best. So, um, you know it would have it would have been interesting, for example, to see if Xavi went to, you know went to Man United or something. I mean. Mm. It seems harsh to say that he wouldn't have been the unbelievable player that he was at Barcelona, but part of me thinks that's probably true. I don't not, know. It's... Not least because Man United are four four fucking two for so many years. <laughs> it's a tough one because I feel like it was Pep's system that showed the world Iniesta and Javi's brilliance. So yeah. I think there was definitely complimented each other. Yeah, and I think it was there was definitely talent and ability there and I think he just needed the right system to show but then but then I'm thinking because I think the main crux of this topic for me is is Jorginho a good player <laughs> that is the but I can't work trying, it out I'm trying to get my head around it everyone keeps saying is, he is and he just doesn't look like one <laughs> exactly this is a weird thing and we use Jorginho as a great example because obviously with the um, association with sorry but so the, the joke that Sari, whenever he moves somewhere, always tries to bring Jorginho into this team. Yeah. So this is someone that fits Sari's system, the type of football that he wants to play. But in a, let's say Jorginho went to Liverpool and was playing sort of this heavy metal football that um, Klopp likes to play, or he goes to, let's say, City and he plays, obviously, the football that Pep likes to play, tiki-taka football. Would we see that he's not a good player? And that this system actually sort of compensates for him not being a good footballer. Or if he goes, would it be another Xavi Iniesta, where mm. it's actually Sari's football that showed the world that he's an excellent or great footballer? This is what I'm trying to work out. This is the point of this topic. What do you guys think? Is he a superstar or is he a system player? 
Yeah, is he is he a, a generally a very good footballer, or is he just someone whose system he's in overcompensates for his lack of ability in whatever yeah. areas that may be? I think overall, there's you know he's a good player. He's yeah, not, his overall game is pretty good. He's not very quick. Yeah, he's actually he's a very slow midfielder. Mm. Um, but you know, similar to what we mentioned with with uh, Zavi in Esther, I feel like Sari got the best out of him to play a particular style, mm. and that style he he probably has understood fits his his way of playing, and he's taken attributes from that or particular attributes from that experience, and is. Obviously, in, implementing them into whatever kind of system he's being told to play now, mm. uh, but it's not like the complete product that it was whilst under Sarri. Do you think because because Man City were trying to buy him in the mm. summer, Chelsea got him. Do you think he would have suited Guardiola? Yeah, uh, I feel like he would have because personally, I feel, like, I, I feel like a lot of people think that we. You know, Rodri is Fernandinho's replacement. Mm. And I don't think he is, personally. Oh, okay. There's attributes there which could, you know, make him uh, Fernandinho's replacement. But he's essentially, I don't know, he's he's quite, he's like an in-between player. He's like, he's kind of like Fernandinho, he's kind of like Gundogan. He's like an in-between player. And I feel like Jorginho could have been done the exact same, really. Because if Rodri passes non-stop, like he probably passes in his sleep, like he's got the most passes, I think, for the last two seasons in the Premier League. He got the most passes in the Euros, um, and I feel like you know that's not Fernandinho. Fernandinho's not that. He's a presence in in midfield, unless it's like an adaptation or let's say an improvement on him. But I think that Jorginho could potentially do if. if we didn't get Rodri, I think, and if we got Jorginho, I think he'd be doing a very very similar job to what Rodri's doing. But the weird thing is, I feel with with Pep, I feel that um, Fernandinho brought a new element to the Pep system that they've not yeah, yeah, been yeah, seen before. Quite I yeah. think it's so Busquets, I think I think Rodri's more of a replacement for Busquets mm. when obviously Pep was manager mm. of Barca. So I feel like Rodri isn't a replacement for Fernandinho because they play very differently. Yeah. Fernandinho is a ball winner, he can distribute yeah. it. Rodri's more like what I think the Busquets role was, yeah, yeah, which yeah. again goes that, back yeah. to a system. So I feel that Jorginho would be almost doing the Busquets role if he would have come to City. But I feel like Pep's is City... Is his role in Sarri's team? No, because I feel like the base of a three in midfield and and distance. Yeah, but well, I feel that City's Pep's City is needs Fernandinho's role more than they need the Busquets role. Mm. I feel for some Chelsea, reason yeah. Chelsea got Kante as well behind him. I feel that so I feel like oh, it's a, exactly. it's almost two different systems. So obviously they want to retain possession and recycle it, mm-hmm. but I feel that City don't play anywhere near as well or not as well when Fernandinho isn't in the team because he brings something that the that Rodri doesn't and he wins the ball back and he distributes it. Um, yeah. it it's an it's an interesting because we talk about Jorginho as is considered by lots of people to be the archetypal like system player and that makes sense because he was the epitome of he was everything that Sarri ball and then obviously he used him in, in that system. But you could argue Actually, to, um, Jorginho's best form has been under Tuchel, not only who isn't Sarri, yeah. <laughs> but has also played a completely different, well, certainly formation and, and system to Sarri. And Lampard. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah and, and, and Lampard as well. I mean, Lampard's, Lampard's thing was, I mean, not it wasn't Sarri ball, but it was the formation mm-hmm. was the same as Sarri's. Um, I do think, to be honest, like part of the reason people are talking about Jorginho for the Ballon d'Or it's part. It's partly because of we're probably hyping up system players more than we used to. But I also think, to be honest, it's a it's a symptom of this silly thing that we all that people seem to do now is, which is, 
when a player when a player is involved in a team that wins a tournament, they get praise. N- note that immediately after Chelsea won the Champions League, Kante is the favourite. Immediately <laughs> after Jorginho wins the Euros, Jorginho is a favourite. Immediately after yeah. Messi wins the Copa America, Messi's a favourite. Yeah. And it's it's depressing in a way. Messi favourite. Just yeah, yeah. And look, I, I think I think all of those those three players. I mean, less so Jorginho because Jorginho yeah. is not the best player in the world, is he? But all of those players could could you know make a claim for it but I, I think what, that what about, what about Modric then obviously he won the Ballon d'Or but he didn't win no he didn't win it but I, but I think the presence of Croatia in the in the 2018 final massively yeah. helped him like I think that he just he kind of got a bit lucky in the sense that Messi and Ronaldo's years weren't stellar and also the world had got a bit sick of giving them the, the award every year yeah. and they were they were given and you know he was not only got to the the um, World Cup final and, and one player of the tournament for that, but Madrid won the Champions League. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. They did, yeah. And it's usually someone who either wins. I don't, yeah. I'd, I'd love to, to know if anyone has ever won the, the Ballon d'Or who hasn't either won the Champions League or an international tournament because I can't remember. Michael Owen? Well, you've, you've got me there. Although, although the, the pedant in me would argue that he didn't win the Ballon d'Or, he won the European Football Football of the Year. Well, that's the same, yeah, it's I'll the same trophy, but it's yeah, not the same award. It is not the same award. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's yeah. I, I just wonder whether maybe all of this, the rise of system players, is just again a, a kind of symptom of the fact that. Nowadays, top level of football is governed by managers who have really specific systems mm. or, you know, like, because going back to, to Chelsea briefly, if anyone's sort of suggested that they're suited to playing in a particular system, it's Kante yeah. in the Chelsea team. Because, I mean, not I mean, he's no, obviously, he's, he's good enough to be, to excel in, a, in that more advanced role he played for Lampard and Sarri in the 4-3-3. For Leicester, he played in a two, and that was when he was brilliant. For Conte, he played in a two, and that was when he's brilliant. And then Tuchel, his form picked up in a two. Mm. And he's good enough to make it work in a three, but there is a notable difference between Kante in a three and Kante in a two. Mm. Uh, so you, I almost wonder if Kante is not even a, a more sort of, you know, it may be in the same way of, of like talking when we talk about Xavi and Iniesta. He, he's obviously yeah. still a good player, but being in the right system really kind of highlights mm. his, his abilities in the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for France as well, he plays in a two alongside Pogba. So yeah, that's true. As well. Which... Although, yeah, that was mad. that was like a four-two-four they played in the bloody <laughs> yeah. and then Pogba Pogba doesn't defend. So yeah, four-one-five. <laughs> oh yeah, I felt sorry for him in the in the Euros because he, he just. He, I I don't think I mean I don't think for France. Play him in the right in the right way. They have him as on a the flip player. side. I was going to say, is that because he's not in the right tactic? Yeah. So Pogba is like the opposite of Jorginho. He's an excellent player who only plays well or doesn't play well because he's not in the right system. But when he plays for France, he's incredible. But when he plays for United, he's mm. a bit more lackluster. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, because it's it's an interesting thought. I I am a firm believer in. You, you pick the the system that will suit your best players because, mm. because in order to get the best them. but that's becoming increasingly difficult because if you've got a manager like Guardiola you can't suddenly go we'll write our best players six foot five striker so we're going to lump it up to him like it doesn't work that way but um, that was my one criticism of, of Lampard when he was there I was like Lamps mate our, our one and only world class player is Kante and you're playing him in a system that doesn't suit him um, but of course, once you start doing that, you start changing things and making it harder for other players. So it's difficult to know yeah. what to do. No, I think you're right. I think it's just the it's a sign of the times. I think it's managers have specific systems, tactics, formations they want to play. And now instead of going for the best player, whatever that means, you go for the best player that suits that formation or suits that tactic compared to... I don't know, in the days of like Wenger or Fergie, you'll look for the, for the youngest talent and mm. it didn't matter how they played, they know they're going to be an incredible player and then you maybe build a team around them or you, you build a system around them. But now it's, no, the, 
the team is built around this system. Going back to uh, if a player has won the Ballon d'Or without winning a domestic trophy, 2012-13 season, Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Didn't win a trophy. Didn't win a single trophy. Oh, I just had a look at that. Uh, yeah, well, well, there you go. He's <laughs> contending contend it with Ribery and Messi. Yeah, yeah. Tied, tied in the first thing was how did Ronaldo win the Ballon d'Or without winning the single trophy? 12-13? Yeah. So the, the, the first half of that year, oh, God, Messi scored 50, 50 goals <laughs> that year. Yeah. And then the next <laughs> two seasons, Ronaldo won the Ballon d'Or twice in the rounds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is a there's a weird because I agree with you, Dave. People are probably more likely to just pick players who will suit their system. But that kind of it has a kind of tragic um, irony because of the way that probably at the top clubs now managers don't stick around for that long anymore. Mm. So you they buy these players, spend all this money on on all these players, and then two years later they're gone, and they yeah. got all that like. I, it's, I, sorry to keep referencing yeah, Chelsea, yeah. but when Conte came in and bought, you know, all these sort of like fullbacks, wingbacks rather that we didn't need, and and it, you know, and then when he leaves, you, you're stuck with Victor Moses. So you're like, wow, yeah. he really works in this, but now we've got nowhere for you. It's yeah. interesting to know what 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 would you guys do if you were in like, if, let's say you had an an, an eye an idea of how you'd want to play. Mm. Not not as kind of religious with it as like Guardiola say, but you've got an idea. Would, would you go? Would you be more inclined to buy players who you think they're going to be versatile and they're going to? I'm going to kind of mold them into what in a role that I want, or would you kind of go, this guy, you know, I'm I'm a four three three guy, and this guy is a perfect four three three centre mid or, or whatever. Would you? Which would you prefer? Obviously, looking at looking at the pet teams, especially going forward. Um, So, a lot of the midfielders that we've bought uh, and acquired, you know, can play multiple positions. They can play up and down. They're very versatile. Um, and it's more of a, I say, yeah, it's more of a, a team um, contribution rather than relying on uh, individuals playing one mm-hmm. style. And I feel like that's a good a good standing point for any manager or any new manager to go in because if like, I think Saka is a very good example of how he could basically play anywhere up and down that left yeah. side completely yeah. and I feel like that's the way in which a lot of players these days are going because we used to have like, like we were saying before about a midfielder 20 years ago was a midfielder whereas now you've got a midfielder that has certain attributes that has to you know and then other and another midfielder has to play other attributes like Kyle Walker he's a right back but essentially he's a right wing back because he gets forward I feel like the further football's going players have to to be able to play be able to cover more roles not not just for the manager's sake but also for their career's sake Mm, yeah, you, you're right. Like, I mean, obviously, well, it's not as if back in the day players weren't able to cover multiple positions, but you're <laughs> right in the sense that most forwards now are not specific to one wing like they used to be, or even to like the, you you could get any forward and you could kind of like put him on the left, put him on the right, put him in the center, and the, and they can all blend. And as you say, maybe there's been a conscious effort to kind of. Maybe not a conscious effort, but but I think it's as football's evolved, players have had to do that because their roles are not no longer kind of just specific to one side of the pitch. That you know, because things are more kind of mm. uh, you know tactical and 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 uh, detailed that you, you have to get involved in other areas. So um, yeah, it's a good point. I think that's probably right. I feel that like someone who's a versatile player. I think you're almost asking never to be played in the position you want to be played in. Right. I feel, and that's that's probably not answering the question, but just as a side yeah. point, I feel yeah. that someone like Maitland-Niles, he wants to be a centre midfielder. He's never going to play centre mid for Arsenal. He's always going to be a right back or left back. Mm. So it's almost a, it's almost dangerous, even though it makes sense because you're more likely to get more game time. 
But is it worth getting more game time but not being played in the position that you wanted to play in since you started playing football? But only, but only if you're not good, because it, because it, you're right. You, you, you make yourself versatile. You, you threatening, you, you threatening to yeah. become something, you know, something you might not be. But if you're, let's say, Maitland Niles was twice as good as Maitland Niles is, he might be able to play where he wants to play. But it's just the yeah, fact I that I suppose if he had the yeah, if he backed it up more, or if he, you know, if he's more, con- he has to be more convincing. Maybe that's why we're I obviously going. Actually, I think you need to go down to this position. And I think it's more that if there's an injury somewhere else, you'll always be the first person that they put in in that position. So, and then on top of that, if you do well in that position, that's yeah. it's like that's you sorted, right? You are new left back. You are new right back. It's like, but boss, I want to know, like. We'll, and then yeah. they'll end up signing someone else in your position. Yeah. Look at Arsenal sign this Lukonga guy. That's putting Maitland Niles further down the pecking order for centre mid. So it's one of those. It's do you, and I, and I don't know what I would do. Do you sacrifice playing at all to stand firm and be like, I'm a centre midfielder. I'm this. I'm that. Or do you maybe sacrifice that in the hope that you'll still play, but just not in the position that you always dreamed. But Roe Ro mentioned while you were gone, he mentioned um, Saka. And mm. he was saying that obviously Saka, well, but even so, that Saka obviously big, like got into, broke into the team at yeah, didn't he? And then because he's been able to just shine in that position, he's now playing for England as, as mm. uh, like a forward. So I think, you know, if you're, if you're, if you have, if you have the ability and coupled with the fact that the person you're trying to replace isn't miles better than you. I think you can. I think you can probably do it. But I think if Arsenal didn't have Kieran Tierney, Bakayo Saka would be our new left back. Do you think? Easily, easily. But, so, but, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't. You don't think they'd kind of go looking at the way? Like, fair enough. Maybe if you didn't have Tierney, but I'm guessing if you didn't mm. have Tierney, you'd have someone else. But like, if would they not kind of go a bit like Gareth Bale when he was Tottenham's left back? Mm. Would they not kind of go? Well, okay. <laughs> We, we we could do with him at left back, but we also recognise that he's going to be better served for us in another place. Like, maybe. surely it overrides it if if the, if the talent is there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it definitely can, but I just think, yeah, maybe with Saka, I don't know. I just feel they would have. I don't know. But yeah, no, thankfully, Tierney is obviously there and Saka can, like you said, can do really well up front. And with Bale... Yeah, maybe. I guess maybe. I don't know. Maybe because it's more glam or seems more glamorous going from um, a defensive position to an offensive one. So with mainly Niles, it seems um, no disrespect to fullbacks, but it seems like you're being downgraded going from a yeah, centre to a They fullback. are always the. the... Yeah. Sorry, sorry Ro. I know you're right. Yeah, back, and fullbacks. I, I mean, modern <laughs> fullbacks bring all the attack and everything. They're either first. Oh, of course, for a tie, but yeah. I think it's almost like this glamorization or de glamorization. If you're going from sort of forward to back, prepared to going back to forward, like positionally. Mm. Um, but to answer your question, <laughs> your original question has the greatest <laughs> Premier League captain is. I do not think I'm a player who looks, I'd be a manager who looks for traits and characteristics. So, for example, if I'm Liverpool manager, let's say I want to play this football that Klopp plays, I want to carry it on. I would, depending on the position, if it's an attacking position, I want flair and pace and explosiveness. While yeah. if it's a three in midfield, I want more someone who's creative, a box-to-box and a ball winner like a Fernandinho. Mm. So it's more, I guess, roles I'll be looking at so you would be a sort of, in a way, a system. Sort, yeah, sort of. But I think within that, I would, and maybe I wouldn't change the personnel, but I'll just change the formation. So I want to know that it can be okay if I go four three three. I can change it, and I might have different personnel who can be sort of play a similar role or do something similar. I go more for they're going to be the best players in the world. It doesn't matter what formation. So I'm like looking for the next Messi, like you said, has. Um, regardless of which team formation tactic manager Messi will always be the best player on the pitch he'll adapt so I look for someone like that where their ability is not restricted by the way they play or their traits but it actually elevates them and 
makes them so flexible. So what did you say, Haz? I sort of think that the way that if I was a manager now and I, I, don't, have, I don't have the tactical mind that, that, that obviously, <laughs> just to let you guys know, I don't have, <laughs> yeah. not as good a manager. Case, as Pep Guardiola. Know. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'd like to think that I would have a really good idea of a certain way of playing. But I've always mm. kind of thought that as you've sort of pointed to Dave there, like flexibility, adaptability is like so important because you get mm. so used to like, right, this, like teams are so used to going, this is the way we play. Is that it was a whole Guardiola tiki taka thing? Like this is the way we play. We never, you know, we pass out from the back. If 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 Victor Valdez pass it to an opposition, they score. We don't care. We don't hoof it. And there's a I respect that. But at the same time, I'm a bit like, well, if every other team is doing this, if every other team has their specific way of playing, is it wise in some ways to have your default system that you have? Is it not wiser to have a variety of options? And I don't mean like plan B route route one. I just mean like <laughs> if you have like if, if your your system your yeah. system dep- exactly depends on the opposition. The, 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 I mentioned this to someone a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and they I think quite cleverly said, "Well, that, that would probably be harder to train, and it'd be very hard to kind of get all the players to remember exactly what you know." You, it's much I feel easier. like Lampard did. I feel like Lampard did this. Possibly, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I think he did try and he tried. He sort of tried to. I probably didn't know what his best team was, but yeah, he tried to work a number, use a load of formations, and yeah, you're probably right. And it's probably harder to get people to you get a squad of players yeah. to to get that. But yeah. in an ideal world, I'd say that's what I do. But in in practice, it probably wouldn't work. So I'd I'd probably be a a, a sort of this is the kind of player. This is the system I like, and I'm going to get players that will fit that system. What philosophy? would you have asked because I know you've mentioned your 443 uh, 433 similarly what what actual philosophy would you want would it be like pep would it be like what's how what playing style would it be because <laughs> <laughs> um, part of me wants to part of me wants to like because I'm not a manager part of me wants to build a team that I know that would suit me as as a as a player as a Sunday league player um but I don't know I I I think I think if the 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 one that the system that I like the best that I don't necessarily think would work nowadays it was the was the mid-noughties Mourinho 4-3-3 solid defense um yeah but uh, you know kind of like very um structured but a lot That's of ability tight. in your center midfield so they're not water carriers mm-hmm. like Klopp's midfield you got you know really mm-hmm. good players but who can also like put a shift in yeah and then just no particular like grand system of of um complexity up front but just three two you know speedy attacking wingers and one yeah. kind of you know super striker who can uh, that that would be i guess my my ideal one but what would yours be real? I feel like you know, you're, from what you said, I feel like what what you just mentioned then, then Harry, is not far away from what I, think, I believe Pep has, but it's just more rotational. Yeah, he yeah, he's got a he's just yeah, he's got that sort of he he, he he's very unspecific up front because he, yeah. he he changes yeah. a lot. Yeah. But then and then they all have diff they're very fluid and they all have different roles yeah. and blah blah blah. But then but then Essentially, it's the, the same formation. Yeah, very structured yeah, and very yeah. kind of like right. You have a very specific role. Yeah, yeah. it's like a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, it's like I say, it's very similar, but it's just I don't know. It's, there's an extra level of detail there, um, mm. like you say, fluidity as well between them. Um. um <laughs> Samuel Mane. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. No, I think. I think. I think Pep Styles, you know, is, it, for me, it's probably one of the best styles. But, but would in. you, if you were manager, would you have faith in the fact that you could replicate that with your... Oh, hell no. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> do that. I think for me, the one thing... That's why I went for Mourinho, because I think Mourinho's is quite simple. I think I could probably yeah. get, <laughs> get a team to do that. I don't think I could get, I would have any clue to do like a Tuchel system yeah. or a Pep system or... Maybe if you give me a year... 
to um, oh. coaching badges. <laughs> yeah. No, no, just prepare for a year to, <laughs> to, to prepare for one game. <laughs> to prepare for one, just a year to, to prepare one team for one game. <laughs> Maybe just a half. You could do the first half, Harry, and I'll do the second half. I feel like I feel like I could I could watch a lot of football and um, you don't do that already, do you? I, don't, I couldn't do it every week, week in, week out. Definitely not. Um, yeah, because sometimes I, w- I watch football and I, I want to think to myself, I want to be thinking, ta- I want to be thinking about right who's doing what. But of course, the yeah. fan in you takes over, and you just don't care yeah. about that stuff. So it's hard to. I mean, some, sometimes I see it like that. Not always. All yeah. the time, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm blatantly pointing out the amount of times that Kyle Walker makes mistakes <laughs> due to <laughs> positional, you know, his tactics and positions and whatnot. But no, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, Mourinho. What you say, Harry, is probably probably one of the best ones. Yeah, mm. and very Dave, solid. Dave, you'd go Wenger circa twenty thirteen. Oh, I'd go, I'd go Klopp, Klopp all the way. Klopp, so the the, the yeah. You're attacking <laughs> the first line of defense, explosive players who can high get pressure. the defenders. Yeah, face high press. So like your your fullbacks are your wingers, kind of kind of system. Yeah, yeah. So inverted, yeah, inside forwards. Wingers wide, like really wide. Um, maybe probably more industrious midfielders, so similar to Liverpool. Yeah, it would maybe mm-hmm. one creative or one box to box who contributes a bit more. Yeah, yeah I love the way Liverpool play, just that yeah. played, just that intensity and that urgency, like pestering the yeah. the um, t- the um, opposition's defense. Yeah, that's yeah, as, mu- as much as man, like because obviously you have the Guardiola team that. Mm. A couple, you know, two years before that was was like just unbelievably like overwhelming. But like, I didn't want to use the word overwhelming there because that's how I describe Klopp's team. They, they, I think it yeah. was a truly kind of like just pace and counter overwhelming. Yeah. I think exactly. Guardiola's probably in some ways more more dominating, but in a kind of yeah. just in the, in the sense that we're just we're like just kind of better than you, and yeah, yeah we're, control, we're controlling yeah. it. Whereas Klopp, there were times where you were just like. I, 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 I give yeah. up I give up like you just just they go let's yeah. open just just do it because we know yeah, do it. they play you into submission while it's yeah. through like aggressive intensity while I think with Pep it's this relentless controlled yeah. like oh we've got oh, we, oh we've, we've got some rest back no 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 they've yeah. got it back and they're gonna, yeah. it's almost like even though you go, oh, we've got the ball. It's like, yeah. But maybe that's what they want yeah, us to. Yeah. It's like slow surgical precision. It's like, you, you second guessing when yeah. you're on the ball. Hang on, hang on. Wait, if we have the is ball, this what I, they want? Because they want us to have the ball, right? Go back to them. They want us to have the ball. Wait a minute. Whilst thinking of that, oh, we've lost the ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. That's one thing I do reiterate, right? The, the high press from both clubs and yeah. sitting that you know high, the highest yeah, yeah. 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 that like like saying you know your attacks your first line is yeah. yeah. so glad they, they yeah. fell away huh? it's so good that they fell away and had a bad year <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, they, will they be back this year yeah, they'll be back tune in next week for our Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for joining us. Um, feel free to give us a follow on social media. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, both handles at Edge of the Box Pod. Feel free to give us a follow on Podbean as well. We're on there. Um, anyway, we'll see you again next week. Bye bye.